All right. Welcome to another episode of Aaron Calling. Ooh. A podcast where two old friends call and talk <laughs> about records and music and wherever else things might lead. It's true. But Sometimes we go two things. <laughs> Sometimes we go way off. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up, kids. Buckle up. We um I always see these like ads for like podcasting, you know what I mean? Like, you know, how to like monetize or like uh right. how to produce your whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> man, my podcast, I just like calling my oldest friends and we just chat. If people don't like that, there's plenty of other uh overly produced podcasts they can listen to. Right. We you need know, like cliffhangers. Some... That's our problem though, at the end of every right. episode. Right. And I, I wish we had I wish we had two things, cliffhangers, yeah. and I wish we had, like, the ability to, like, when we, you know, one of those great, like, fade-ins, when, like, yeah. we mention a song or yeah. an artist, and, like, we hit we hit the button, and it, like, comes in, and then, like, yeah. comes right back to us talking. That'd be yeah. great. Yeah. We're not NPR. We don't get rights <laughs> to do that. Nope. <laughs> nope. We got nothing. We got and we therefore you get nothing. <laughs> therefore you get nothing. But but remember, if we spent the money to license songs in our podcast, we wouldn't have any money to buy records. Therefore, Correct. no podcast. That's right. And See, I think from here on out, circle. Right. I think from here on out, our tagline is "We got nothing, so you get nothing." <laughs> I also kind of wish we had like a sound effects board, but I think when we make them up on our own with our mouths trying to mimic yes. it is better. Like. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. In a world. By the way, this is all highly inspired because I listened to Simple Pleasures by Bobby McFerrin earlier nice. this week. Yes. Oh, Bobby. Don't worry, be happy. That's some that's some crazy stuff that man did with his mouth. That is. Which sounds like a thing that I don't mean it to sound, but <laughs> but musically. Musically. Yes, I'll I'll take the criticism of what I just said, and I'll use it to my advantage. Um, <laughs> the attorneys great... have reviewed this section of the podcast and <laughs> want to clarify the Ford, right. Aaron Ford meant musically and referencing Bobby McFerrin's mouth. It's clear to everyone what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> but not Thank just you, that. Legal Wouldn't you like slap his body and stuff? Like, yeah, I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's and he got a record deal and he had a huge hit. Like yes. that was crazy. You couldn't. That, that song today. was everywhere. You'd be like a everywhere. YouTube person. You'd be right. like a YouTube person, but like nobody, right. nobody would be like, man, I gotta, I gotta buy the slappy happy beatbox right. guy's new record. Yeah, and and he'd been and around. Plenty of people did. He'd already been around for I forget how long before he even hit that that landmark moment where he had "Don't Worry, Be Happy." Like, hey, listen, crazy. he's a true artist. Yeah. He toiled with the. He toiled with us all. That's right. He's the everyman. <laughs> this episode brought to you by the 2020 Dateline biopic <laughs> on Bobby McFerrin's struggle <laughs> to reach the top with "Don't uh, Worry, Be Happy." <laughs> Barbara Walters interviewing Bobby McFerrin. <laughs> Baba and Bobby. <laughs> Baba Wawa. So. Uh. We, as if anyone's listening can tell, we are totally winging it this week. Um, But I do want to mention one thing, and uh, just another reminder, um, and I think I bring them up every week, but Bandcamp is um, having their, well, they're donating all the 
profit they would normally make um, to the NAACP on this Friday, June 19th, which I think yes. is a great thing um, yep. for obvious reasons. For some reasons, last episode, I was like not thinking June 19th for obvious reasons. I was like, wonder why they're doing it in late June. And then I was like, oh, duh, like as soon as I said it. So uh, right. June, June 19th. Um, so it's a good time to buy some music. Even yep. again on Bandcamp. If although I think I did last Friday, was that last Friday that I did? Uh, the Friday I don't know because I did it too. It was the fifth. Two Fridays so, ago. Yeah. 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 So. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Some days ago. <laughs> right. Stupidoo. Let's just think about uh, this Friday. So right. anyway, so if you've got some, uh, I get paid on Friday, so you know if you're like me and you got. Some spare change, you want to buy music and support uh, NAACP and some of the things we talked about last week. That's a yep. good way to do it. Yes, absolutely. It is uh, always good when you can uh, do awesome things or kill two awesome birds with one awesome stone, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's uh, a stretch, and, but I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, and these are <laughs> these are two, two uh, awesome things put all together in one package. Um and I think they will, they're also doing another, uh, artist, artists get a hundred percent of the royalties or whatever, hundred percent of July. the proceeds in July. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish I remembered which weekend it was. They've yes. been doing it the first weekend of every month. Yeah. So I'm going to guess that it's that weekend, but, yeah. um, but yeah, it's a good time. And if you're an artist yeah. that's got some, uh, got anything lying around, I mean, I've bought some crazy stuff just cause I know right. it helps, you know, I bought, right. Like a bunch of live recordings. I bought a super chunk live yep. record. Um, actually, How was I bought that, that by one. Way? Oh, it's so good. I bought yeah. it on the. Actually, I bought that last Friday. That's why I'm confused. But they're donating yeah. all the proceeds from that to uh, the North Carolina Bail Fund and I think one yep. other thing. So I was like, oh, that's cool. So, you know, it's great to be able to have an artist. It's like, I mean, if you're an artist with like, you know, you're sitting on a bunch of live stuff and you're able to kind of put the resources to mix it master it just digitally or whatever like to be able to throw those things up like that's the kind of stuff folks like you and me eat up so it's like yeah yep. it doesn't always have to be like some big you know vinyl release or whatever it's like right i think matt matt talbot from hum put up a a record from an old band he was in like centaur or something oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and uh so i bought that you know fun stuff nice yeah yeah it's awesome all right cool uh so where do we go from here I guess we got we got to tackle the big story of me buying six hundred records. Yeah, well, yeah. There you go. The big story of twenty twenty. I'm 2020. just gonna do this. I'm just, just gonna do 600 six hundred. I'm just gonna do the six hundred one. I'll save the other hundred and twenty I bought uh, <laughs> for our next episode. But this also this this large purchase. Uh, this also this was an entire collection. No, this okay. is so. I'll set. I'll set it up. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was probably let's, jumping ahead of myself. Let's take a trip back to last Friday night. All right. Let's do it. Last Friday night. This this part of the this portion of the episode is sponsored by Katy Perry's Last Friday Night. Okay. <laughs> oh, a classic. Um, classic. It's a jammer. It really. Oh, uh, it I really love is. that that whole album. Sorry. Yeah. Can, uh, that's I a rabbit that hole. Album too. All right. Uh, so I, I think I have admitted um, yes. that my exciting life basically uh, is me 
you know, not watching TV at night, just basically, you know, perusing my phone for uh, either not even really social media, more like I get on Facebook to go through Facebook market. I'm looking for broken gear or, you know, good right. deal on gear or whatever. Right. And uh, or I'm just kind of scrolling through eBay. So fr- that Friday night, uh, it's about like, I don't know, eight or nine o'clock or something. And I see this guy and he's posted. It's these really horrible photos of the, of, of, a, of records and boxes. And they're really washed out, like the photos, you know? And it's like, oh, okay. records for sale. Like, <clears throat> most of them are going to be like $2. Um, you know, like, uh, would be a good way to get your collection started. Maybe a little bit more for the well-known ones. So I'm like, oh, man, this guy's in, this guy's in Smyrna, which is where we are outside right. of Nashville. So I was like, oh, man. So I message him. And I'm scanning through the photos, and I see, like, a Prince record, you know, like a couple other records. And I'm like, well, hey, you know what? Like, if I pay two bucks for a Prince record and the guy lives close to me, great. So I message him, nothing. Like, I don't hear anything back. So I'm going to bed, and I'm, like, super bummed, you know. And I'm, I'm like, I could barely sleep. I kept thinking about it. It's so dumb. But, like, I kept thinking about it. And it kept waking me up. So I wake up at 6.30 in the morning, like, wide awake. And I'm like, got to check my phone. Look at my phone. He had messaged me at like 11.50 and was like, uh, come by first thing in the morning. So I'm like, oh, immediately sat up and I'm like writing. I'm like, okay, I hate to be this guy, but I'm up early. You know, I can be right. there at 7.30. You know, I'm like, I can be there at 7.30 if you're up or not. Tell me as soon as I can. And so he writes back like, 7.30 is great. So I get up, <laughs> go eat a quick breakfast. Do a couple little things. I'm out the door. Emily's just getting up. Like, where are you going? I'm like, ah, I gotta go. So I'm like going down. He's three miles from me. Okay. So like just super close. And I get there and he's got everything laid out in his garage and these big boxes. And he was like, um, he was like, so feel free to go through everything. He's like, the boxes are priced by each one. There was like a 10 cent box, a 50 cent box, like a $2 box. And he was like, um, you know, and I said, well, I'm probably going to buy a lot. And he was like, great. He was like, I really need to move these. You know, he was like, it's from part of my brother's collection. And the not so great part of the story is, I guess his brother um, had Asperger's and had recently passed away. Right. And maybe I guess part of his, um, you know, illness was a bit of a hoarding situation. So he's right. like. He's like, he's like, this is from my brother's collection. We're trying to get rid of it. There's thousands of records in Ohio. Wow. He was like, I just brought these down just to help my sister. And wow. he's like, he's like, in all honesty, he's like, if you just want to make me an offer on all of them, made me an offer. And so I'm like, okay, well, let me look. Well, I flipped through the first box and it's like Queen Night of the Opera, Queen Day at the Races. Okay. <laughs> Queen Night of the Opera, Queen Day of the Races. Wait, what? <laughs> And then I go to another box, and it's like, ELO, 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 ELO. And I'm yep. like, uh. And he was like, yeah. He was like, so since he was a hoarder, like, you know, and kind of had some issues, like, there's just multiple copies of so many records. And I'm like, I'm going to buy the collection. So yeah. he was like, great. So we worked out a deal, got a great price on him. It, he was very ecstatic to get rid of him in one fell swoop. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't have to sit in his garage all right. day and have people dig through him. Um, so yeah, so I bought 600 and <laughs> so I come driving in and Emily's still like just having her morning coffee. Like I was home by like eight, 
you know, eight something. Cause I, I just barely flipped through. I'm like, I got a good enough sense that I was like, whatever's in here. I pulled a couple records out and they were like super clean. He had a lot of them in sleeves. Yep. He had taken, he had taken a lot of them out of the original inner sleeve and put it in a new sleeve and uh, then put it back in. And, um, yeah. And so <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay. And like, I think he had just gotten to the point where like record stores even started just giving him boxes, you know? So oh, wow. the funny thing is, is because it's from Cincinnati, there's a whole box of like real specific Cincinnati personalities, like Nick Clooney, George Clooney's dad, and a bunch yep. of like daytime TV news anchors or something. I don't know. Emily knew they were. And so she was, so I come in and I'm like, I bought them all. She was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I bought all the records. <laughs> I'm like, you have to come outside and look. So I'm like pulling them out. And she was like, oh, wow. Like flipping through them. And, um, so yeah, so that's the, that's sort of the short story. I, um, you know, like <laughs> it, I mean, I basically got, oh, so as I'm flipping through them, I'm like, oh, wow, there's a Kate Bush record in here. Yep. And I was like, well, that's cool. And I was like, man, I never see Kate Bush record. And then I said to Emily, I was like, oh man, there's another one. And then I was like, there's another one. So <laughs> and all said and done, there were 13 Kate Bush records. Jeez, I sold you too. Yep. I don't have any Kate Bush, but this is what I now have. I have the Sensual World, classic. The Dreaming, Uber classic. The the whole story. Yep. Lionheart. Yep. Hounds of Love, super classic. A couple twelve inch single remixes. Yep. The, the Kick Inside. Um, never forever. Yep. Sorry. Oh, nope, running good. up that hill, maxi LP, and then uh, oh. this one I'm not sure what it is. It's a EP. Um, I don't know. It's like an EP. She's got like a like a glitter, like a she's wielding a sword on the front. <laughs> the songs are. Sat in your lap, James on the cold gun. Oh, that's Babushka, from yeah. suspended in Gaffa Gaffa. Yeah, that's well. Sat on your lap, I think, is from the dreaming. I think that's like one of those like. It says they, it's a mini LP. Yeah, they did like a. They might be live. I'm not sure, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, now those I are have good. all those. So yeah, I was those super good. excited about that. Yep. You should so, be. Uh, yeah, um, and I have, of course, uh, become friends with the gentleman. So, yep. uh, uh, you know, I, I kind of told him, I was like, look, you know, I kind of threw out a number and he was like, yeah, that's good. And I was like, it was a little bit less than I think what he was hoping. And I was like, if I went up to this number, do I get first dibs at the next batch that comes down? And he was like, yep. And I was like, <laughs> all right, that's the number. <laughs> nice. So yeah, so I brought them all home. I now, I mean, to be honest with you, as it is with anything, like I've already taken a box to Goodwill. Do you know what I mean? Like, right? You know, like for every, you know, good, but like there was Heart's Greatest Hits, which is yep. like a double record. It's like a Heart's Greatest Hits, and then there's a live record in there. Oh yeah, and um, there were three copies of that in there. So right. uh, there were two copies of In Excess's Kick. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, 
was it was it four copies of out of the blue i think it ended up being five (laughs) one yeah and then that out of the blue one of them was the blue the limited blue vinyl version like the limited blue colored version uh which was great um and i mean you saw the ones that you bought for me like yeah good condition i thought you know like some of them are like okay so here's what i love so at the end you know i'm chatting it up with a guy and being nice and he was like you know he was like what's that record with the like it's all white it's got like the lines going across it you know it looks like a wall i'm like (laughs) the wall he's like yeah that's in there so i get it home and i pull it out i mean i don't think it's ever been played right i mean like it's in such good condition and i was like cool i don't have pink floyd's the wall you know what i mean so right i now have that one and then um i mean yeah i mean i'm just gonna keep going and then you can talk about your releases and then we can move on but like sure so i mean the ones that i added to my collection were the the t-rex record like the slider um which i've been looking for for forever Um, that one's a little crackly but i think i can clean it up i got uh prince's purple rain which i didn't have for some weird reason because i have a ton of prince right still has the poster inside yes my copy that um, I got, I found, actually still had the poster, too. I was nice. so psyched. Yeah. Uh, Led Zeppelin's Physical Graffiti. Oof. And uh, I think two copies of uh, four. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't even know how many copies of that I have. I have to look now that I'm thinking about it. Um, Pink Floyd's Adam Hart Mother. You know, the one yep. with the big cow on it. Love yep. that one. Didn't have that one. Yeah, and then the ELO out of the blue blue version which i'm kind of i mean i'm excited about it but like honestly i've only i only owe one only own one elo record and now i have almost all of them you know what i mean because everyone that i (laughs) everyone that you bought from me there was a duplicate of right and i feel like now i only need to get discovery to have my world taken care of oh so there was a discovery in there but it was trashed Right, which is usually the case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Discovery's the one that I see probably the most. Strange. See, I always see um, out of the. No wait, is it out of this world? Is that one? No. Uh, I'm, new world I'm mixing record. It. No. I don't know. There's one I see more than the other one. I'll have to think about it. Yeah. Well, here, I'll just look at my Discogs, because that's the one I own. That's the one right. I use. <laughs> I think Out of This World is one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's sort of like, okay, I'm just going to be really cheesy here. But, like, I've been hoping to, like, find, um, you know, a, a collection this year, because I've kind of right. gotten aware I've been, you know, I've been, you know, I've been... Um, gosh, I'm looking at this while I look and I can't find it now. A new world record. That's the one I seem yeah, to see yeah. all the time. Yeah. 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 Um, Ela. but I, I kind of like, I've gotten to where, you know, I've been selling a lot of like CDs and, um, CDs are great, but like, they're kind of hard to find that aren't like, I mean, it's kind of like records too. Like, you know, it's a buck, you know, they're worth $3 or whatever. So, right. But kind of as I was getting, you know, last year I was really starting to find a few records here or there. So here's a good example. So today, and it's mostly like weird stuff, you know what I mean? Like it's like nobody wants this, but somebody wanted it. But like 
I found a couple weeks ago, I found uh, a copy of a Looney Tunes record <laughs> on KTEL Records, and it's not even, like, not even authentic, I think, you know what I mean? Like, it's right. kind of, like, not properly licensed, but, so it's Looney Tunes or whatever. And, you know, I bought, a, I bought it for a buck, and I sold it today for $25. I have no Weird. idea why. Weird. So I've been getting good at kind of finding those things and figuring it out, you know, and, yeah. you know, and so, and I think right before, or right before everyone got really not right before everyone really shut down for COVID, you know, and I think we talked about this in here, I bought sort of that bigger stack from those people, you know, yeah. that's where I got the Jimi Hendrix and stuff like that. Yeah. So it occurred to me, it's like, man, if I can start finding, you know, more collection types, then I can buy, you know, even if I'm buying ones I already have, then I can sell those and that kind of helps pay for the ones I don't have, you know, so it's kind right. of a yin yang thing. So I've been wanting, hopeful, you know, hoping to want to find like a collection, you know, and I've been like, that's one of my goals this year. So like, I feel, I feel like that kind of came through. So that was, that part was kind of exciting. Um, and then just to get so much great stuff that was duplicates and also for my collection, it's sort of, a perfect mix you know what i mean right right because inevitably you have to be the guy that's like you can't keep them all aaron you right. can't keep them all you gotta right. sell some of these right <laughs> and that's why you have me <laughs> yes you've <laughs> been help, a very to... very nice patron you yes. and then two of my work friends yeah uh, to help you out everybody everybody ordered a lot but like you, you know i was sending them to you because the, as you know I so many of my friends like you want to give them a, a friends deal, but like sometimes it's like I can't sell you uh, Van Halen's 1984 for like five bucks because I right. literally sold it for 20 in less right. than 24 hours online. Correct. You know, and it's like Correct. all my friends would be like, "Why I'm I'm not paying you twenty dollars." Oh, a good right. example is like you and I going back and forth on the Anita Baker Rapture album. You right. Know? Right. And you're like, "Oh man, I would take that." And I'm like, "Here's the deal." It goes all day for thirty bucks. Do you want to right. eat a baker for thirty bucks? And you're like, no, <laughs> no, no, because I because I have seen that record for like eight dollars, like at the same time. You know what I mean? Like it's weird. <clears throat> like I've seen that record and, uh, and been like, man, I should. It. It's like one of those that you you see and you don't get, and then you're like later you're like you see one sell for thirty bucks. You're like, man, I should have got that. That <laughs> there you go. That's one of the times. So like, gosh, should have um, got it. But yeah, I mean, it was I mean, it, it was an eight dollar beater, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, and this came out of that collection, so it was in it was in really good shape, you know. And yeah, I mean, I'm only kind of basing it on what other people. I mean, obviously, right. I'm basing it on what other people are paying, but but what I find is a lot of times when I'm going through. So another good example is like there was a copy of Yes is Fragile in there, which I have, yeah. but I realized looking it up that it was the one that's mastered by. His initials are GP, and for some reason, the only thing I can think of is Graham Parsons, which is obviously not right. But um, <laughs> but right. it's it's a it's a version that was mastered better, and it's like the super bassy, crazy version. Do you know what I mean? And right. Like you look up Fragile online, most people are paying four or five bucks for it, but you know I think that one sold for eighteen or something like that. So right, just kind of based on having that information. So. I've yeah. gotten to where I've, I'm really enjoying finding them and pull, and digging through and seeing which ones they are and the versions and all that. And I used to not be so much that way. I used to kind of just be like, oh, that's just a yes record. I'll just put it up for whatever, you know. Right. But, 
I mean, a good example of those out of the blues. I was like, yeah. why are there five of these? You know, and I was like, right. really just checking in the condition. I'm like, well, I want to get forward like the best one. And then I was like, oh, well, the best one's blue. So you're not right. getting that one. I mean, you could have paid me $100 for it if you wanted right. to. But... And I would not have. <laughs> <laughs> I totally would not have. Yeah. But, but yeah. Um, but it was fun. It was, it was, uh, we spent that whole Saturday just going through everything and pulling stuff out and listening to it and kind of sorting it. And I'm still going through it. I've, I mean, I've made my money back. Just the stuff that I was able to put up, right. you know, was, um, easy to sell and it went fast. And, uh, I mean, I put, I put, so I had four, I had two copies each of queen a day at the races and a night at the opera. <laughs> and I didn't own that. So I was, I have so nice. much queen now. I was like, I have Queen's Jazz. I have the one with the robot on the cover. Yeah. Um, I have now. I have now. I have those two that I was just talking about. Um, and so I was looking online, and I was like, "Man, these things are like all over the place." And I was like, "I wonder if I just put them together and just put them up for auction, just see what happened." And they sold for forty six dollars at auction. Nice. And uh, and then there's a weird greatest hits version in there, and you oh, would yeah. laugh at this because. They cram every song on there. I mean, that the grooves in that record are so small, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but it's not the greatest hits package you're used to seeing with that cut, right. with the blank, you know, the cover. It's so it has a photo of them, and it's like kind of a weird one. And I put that one up for auction because I was like, I don't know. And um, it sold for thirty six, I think. It's like, wow. why would someone want to buy that one versus the right? The, dual record sets that are probably priced i mean probably sound better because they've got more room to let the songs breathe you know yeah it seems weird so, yeah but, but yeah i've still got but i've still got several boxes to go through i've got um i'm i'm gonna probably have at least i would probably guess two probably more thrift store worthy boxes um right you know and then it's gonna kind of get into like the hard decisions of like what do I do with all these Joe Walsh records? You know what I mean? <laughs> but I put right. them all up. I actually just put them all together. Some guy paid me. I think I put five of them up. Some guy bought them for $21. So I was like, I'll nice. take that. You know what I mean? For yeah. Joe Walsh records. I mean, individually, yeah. they sell for like $3 each, you know? So, right. Right. So, yeah. Which some would say is a travesty that Joe Walsh can only fetch $3. Well... I would not that, say that, though, but somebody would maybe say there's that. enough Joe Walsh records out there that you know, correct? They can't really, you know, fetch that, so to speak. Right. But, <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, so that that was fun. Um, this last weekend, I bought another 120, but like I said, I'll save that for <laughs> next week. That's the cliffhanger. Yes, you should, we should make a noise after that cliffhanger. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. But now that you've bought so much ELO from me, yes, you have some thoughts on ELO. <laughs> well, I was listening. How's that for a transition? Yeah, there, there you go. It's a light, light nod. And here you go, Ford. Um, uh, well, I was listening to them last night, uh, just because I've always been a big ELO fan, um, and. I think I, I think like I was like a fan in the sense of like I internalized all the like singles as yeah. most of us probably did. Like, yes, you you know, those songs. 
and then occasionally you'll you'll find one that you didn't know and you're like man that's good too yeah. and I, I vividly remember uh being on tour i think with bobby bear jr and some we're listening to like satellite radio in the van or something and uh the song poker from face the music mm. came on and i had never heard it mm. um and it came on and it was like i suddenly was like now i know why i love elo like <laughs> because it was like unlike any elo elo song i'd ever heard like because it's a little bit more like in your face like rocker yeah style um it's got this like galloping kind of beat to it and it just sounds real awesome like it sounds kind of like a queen song that like he wrote for queen and then they didn't (laughs) want it and so he just like okay fine i'll put it on my own record and it kind of sounds like that um and i mean keep in mind that what is it face music has evil woman Yep. And Strange Magic on it, which yeah. Strange Magic comes right after poker. So as a sequence, it's real good. But um, I found that uh, I, this was ten years ago, and or if more, if not more, and uh, it suddenly like reignited my love for that band. And then like last night, I was listening through all these in order because I'm a nerd, and uh, I was just like, man, these are records like yeah these are albums the, you you don't you really don't skip a song like you really yeah. don't go man you know what this one's just not up to snuff like you just go no i'm gonna let it go yeah <laughs> i'm just gonna let it ride and even out of the blue which is a double album there's a lot of a lot of songs across a lot of a lot of vinyl you're just like yeah i'm good man i'm just gonna let it roll and yep. i i'm along for the ride and it's really good. I actually equated it to Stacy as I slight aside. I tried, as I do from time to time, to uh, get into Steely Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched. There's like classic albums episode with yeah. about Asia. <laughs> so I tried to watch that and thinking maybe like if I get into the inner workings of this thing now, maybe I'll yeah. get like, I'll find something that I can like really grab onto. Well, I didn't. And mainly it's because like watching Fagan and Brecker talk about making a record is like, yep. it's kind of painful for me <laughs> as like uh, a music guy. Like I'm yep. just like, Oh my God. It's like, cause it's like, they're very, they're, they're like, overly obsessive about all the details right like it's pretty it's pretty well documented that they're like next level obsessive about certain things you know having five different people come in and play like a guitar solo in like one song you know and then scrapping all of them and doing it themselves kind of thing but i was just sitting there listening or watching this thing after having listened to all this ELO, and i was like the thing it's like if i'm gonna I looked at Stacey and I was like, the thing I've come to realize is if I'm gonna really go for the band with the like super obsessive personality, yeah, who's like really obsessive about every detail, yeah, I'm gonna pick ELO. Yeah. <laughs> like 
Because Jeff Lynn, I mean, by all accounts, is that guy. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. you don't you don't hear those records and be like, yeah, he really he really let his guard down right there. Right. He let that right. one bad note slide. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's all right, and it's all there, and it's all the way it's supposed to be. Um, but there's like a there's I don't know there's some kind of gutsy. There's a feel there that I like, nay, that I love, because it's yellow. And, uh, yeah, so listening to these these jammers, which they're all in great shape. The, Thank you very much. Yeah, but, you're uh, welcome. Yeah. The, thi- the thing that I we, – we, we sort of wondered if, you know, I, I joke with Emily. I'm like, every time I tell Ford I buy a bunch of records, he tries to deconstruct the person that owns them. And half the time I have to be like, stop it. It's not <laughs> – <it's not, laughs> This wasn't a human. This is just right. piles of records somewhere right. that I was able to get. Right. Um, I mean, I think in this instance, um, not to say this guy wasn't a human. I think I mean more of like he wasn't a um, collector. He was a hoarder. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So right. I, right. I, I, I kind of apologize for that previous statement. I, I, the ones I bought on Sunday when you were like, who was this person? I'm like, right. no, no, no. This is just, an, <laughs> the, you know, what I mean by a human is like, this was just not a collector. This was an old picker that's been buying collections for 20 right. years. So they're all right. mixed. But um, but the guy, I, you know, I was telling uh, Emily, I was like, I think maybe this guy had, like, maybe his tick was for like ELO. Do you know what I mean? So every time right. he saw ELO, he bought a record because there's multiple copies of El Dorado. There's multiple copies of right. Uh, out of the blue and like and then like he kind of seemed like you know like there was multiple copies of queen and stuff like that so maybe right. he was just really in the kind of that like really big kind of operatic sound if you will you know right. like that kind of grabs you but my big thing with jeff lynn is i've always i never really appreciated him until the last probably 10 years of my life in terms of his you know influence on like traveling wilburys you know what right. i mean like just as a producer like right. i mean he's right. next level you know so yeah. you know people talk about rick rubin all the time and tend to kind of skip over you know someone like jeff lynn that's probably much more you know in the weeds on the knobs than somebody like a rick rubin or whatnot so right um it is a it is a great sort of history of work that he's put together that is is, is fun going back through and listening to yeah, I mean, like we were talking, you know, we were shooting stuff back and forth last night about this, and I was like, when you, those four records that I now have, starting with El Dorado, ending with a New World record, it's four records in four years. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've tallied it up. It's like 40 something, like 46 songs or something like that worth of. Yeah. In four years, which is like the length of most bands is like four years and like yeah. he just plops down a you know a record a year that has like no less than one like top 10 song like yep. if not yep. two or three in some cases and by and isn't he doesn't even they don't even hit like the apex until the last one in that four a new world yep. record is like the most popular one it's just like yep. it's crazy it's like it, and it's also like one of those things like when you hear it on vinyl, it's, you know, not to be that guy or sound like that guy, but it's like when you hear those records in a record form, you're like, oh, yeah, this is why you listen to yeah. this. Well, like, they're made for that format, you know? Yeah. It's like this is made for listening to it like this. Like, yeah, it just sounds 
that good. Can we do a slight step to the left and talk Absolutely. about Steely Dan? And talk yes, about Steely of Dan? course. Of course. <laughs> so, of course. I, for years, have never been able to get into Steely Dan. Like, yep. I just haven't. And uh, I think I had, like, I think I bought Aja on CD one time. Like, I'm going to yep. do it, right? Yep. I think that's the wrong record to enter in. Absolutely. And it's the one that people always point to. But, right. like, for me, I really figured out that I liked Steely Dan on Can't Buy a Thrill. That so the very, the yeah. very first record in 1972, yep. Do It Again, Dirty Work. There's a song on there that I'm obsessed with called Midnight Cruiser. It's just got like this perfect chorus. Like it builds it up and it's just like, and then there's a song about Kings and all this stuff. And obviously the hit is reeling in the years, but like, and do it again. But like, yeah, those to me are like, I mean, I'm so used to hearing them, but the other songs were just like, wait, what? These are like pop, like little kind of like masterpieces or whatever. Right. And, uh, yeah, so now Emily goes, I can't believe we're listening to Steely Dan. I'm like, I know, so weird. But here we the, are, uh, and uh, I don't hate it. Does that also have, was it My School on it? Uh, no, I'm looking at the Or is the that on the next one, track. I think, maybe. Because I heard been. that song I, recently, and I'd never heard that song before. And I was like, you know what? This is not... Like my my view on Steely Dan has definitely softened over time. There was a time when I was like, "Do not talk to me. I will punch you in the knee." <laughs> like, <laughs> do not, because I just had never. And I, you know, I've done. I tried, you know, the music nerd Asia move. I, I tried that one. Babylon Sisters World is, I guess that's Gal. That's Gal too. Yeah, I mean, I've that, I've come that's to a love cool that track. That's a cool track. Um, if for no other reason than uh, Bernard Purdy's doing Purdy Shuffle all yeah. through the whole thing, but like, um, but that like I guess it's what is it? My school, I think is the name of the track. But that song, that song's not bad at all. It's a really good what song, can actually. See if I can. My old school. My old school. That's the one. Yeah, that's yep. on Countdown to Ecstasy. Yeah. I've I've come around to like Can't Buy Thrill, Countdown to Ecstasy, um, Pretzel Logic, and Galcho. Yeah. Now yeah. in the in the huge stack I bought last weekend, Aja was in there, so I picked it up and uh, yeah, I may I may give it a wing, uh, you know, give it a try just one more time. But um, yeah, anyway, that's that's my Steely Dan aside no. for for today. Yep, I love it. I um, can't I can't watch them talking about making a record <laughs> that way. Yeah, it's just like that's oh fair. my god, you that's fair. you guys. Those uh those classic album things are very dated too. Like yes, they the are format. Like I think it's yes. like like still in a square and everything. Like yes. you know, it's it's free. Co- it's not free. It's very cheap content for Amazon to put on or whatever. I right. see them all the time. Like ooh, and then I'm like, I watch, tried to watch a Frank Zapp, Zappa documentary oh. in there one time. It was so bad that I was just like, oh man, they just need to redo yeah. this. I mean, like it, it, was, it was. I just turned it off. But yeah, because sometimes uh, it looks literally like somebody just digitized the vhs and said okay we're good oh yeah no like, that's 100 percent what they did you know like you're good here you go yeah here you go amazon charge 2.99 a pop go yep. yep yep all right you uh you bought some more records uh i did so or you have or you have some more to talk about yeah we uh so we covered yellow that's we good did. <laughs> um 
<laughs> so there you go. Um, let's see. Today, actually, uh, it was a surprise to come in the mail. I got the new Unwed Sailor record. Oh, um, good. From my man, Jonathan Ford. Uh, it's called Look Alive. And it is really good. Um, it is a shorty. It's short. One, two, three, four, five, six. It's seven songs. It's not really that short because a couple of them are longer. Yeah. Um, if you're not familiar, Unwet Sailor is like a instrumental, I guess, post-rock band. Um, which has been around for now like almost, I guess, 20 years. Um, yep. Been doing it for a while. Jonathan Ford was in Roadside Monument. He played in Pedro the Lion for a while. Um, Unwet Sailor is his own thing. And uh, I toured with them for a minute. Um, so we've kept up and all that stuff. So it's good to have them putting records out. He had kind of taken a little bit of a break for a while. They put out Heavy Age was last year, I guess. And then they put a little EP out and then immediately followed it up with this, uh, which is just now shipping. So uh, it's really good. Um, it is an Unwet Sailor record uh instrumental it's a little bit more like new order ish like new wavy post-punky sort of thing uh it gets a little darker these last two records have both gotten a little darker um than unwed sailor of old uh heavy age was more i think because they had been like playing those songs live for a little while um it kind of came off as like, I mean, Heavy Age was a great name for it because it was definitely a heavier sound overall. Um, and it was like a longer record than they had ever done. It's like a double LP. This one's back to a single LP. Um, but it's great. Uh, I burned through it when it walked in the door today. I was excited about it. I, I've sold some records uh, I've sold a lot of records in my time, and the, one of the ones that I regret was selling uh, the Faithful Anchor, which I oh, bought yeah. from uh, Jonathan. They, I booked them at IndieNet years yep. ago, and uh, I bought it from him there. And uh, I'll always remember he stayed at my house that night, and I had a copy of a uh, Roadside Monument eight hours away from being a man on vinyl, like on my yep. wall or whatever. And he was yeah. like, "I have never seen this before." So, <laughs> yep. Um, but I, I know. At, you know, as 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 us record collectors do, we have our good times and our bad times. And I think during a bad time, I think I ended up selling that for uh, much more than what I originally paid for it. And uh, I miss it. Um, yeah. In fact, I'm looking right now and uh, there are not very many copies for sale. So No. I actually meant to ask him today if there if and or when that will ever get another press. I have like the original CD. I think I probably bought the exact same night because. I was, I was literally. I remember you showing him, or him seeing that roadside record, and him being like, "I've never seen this." <laughs> it's so funny, because uh, I think the the guild opened for them that night. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, it's a it's a great record. Um, these last two, these last two, I would say start with that heavy age record because it's it's like if you haven't listened to them for a little while, it'll be a nice. It's almost like hearing a completely new band just because it just sounds like it sounds bigger and it's all the things they were but like more of it so yeah it's good um are you talking about any other records or is this just me 
I think you I, have other I, records? Uh, have I told you about my really clean version of The Wall by Pink Floyd? <laughs> <laughs> Is that that record that has the lines on it? looks like a wall. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, um, hold on. Did you, did you get any to, other I thing? Be, I may be able to wing it. I mean, most of everything I've gotten, I've gotten, I've had a few things arrive in the mail. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I'll do a couple here. I'll, I'll, I'll wing it. Do it. I have not listened to this at all. Uh, oh, nice. But my copy of Built to Spills plays the songs of Daniel oh, Johnson nice. showed up. Yeah. Nice. Uh, that was a Bandcamp order from yep. probably about a month ago. And uh, it's like it's yellow vinyl. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited. I, I tore the wrapping off. Like logged in Discog, set it aside in my to listen pile, which is ridiculous right now, and right. Um, just haven't gotten around to doing it. So yeah, I actually have plenty here I can go through. So, um, but I've I've heard really great things about it. I love the one song I heard when I bought it. So I'm looking forward to diving into that one. That's awesome. You can't go wrong with that, right? Like built still right. singing Daniel Johnson songs. So right. Um, I also got uh, in the last little bit. A lot of this was like order stuff from a little while ago yeah. that like either got delayed or whatever um yeah. on one of the Bandcamp donation days i got uh, a record by this young lady katie malco um oh. it's on 61 31 records out of uh richmond virginia um they also put out uh julian baker's like first record and a couple other folks um this is, I guess, Katie Malko's first uh, full length. I think she had put out like a EP a few years ago. It was more like piano-y world. And then, I, I don't know, she had some life things happen. It kind of delayed everything. In the midst of that, she kind of put down the piano and picked up a, an electric guitar. And then suddenly it became more of like a rock and roll thing. And... Uh, I'd heard a couple of songs just honestly, I think it was like we were playing stuff for the kiddo to go to sleep to. And like, it would come on after like whatever we were playing just in the streaming queue. And I was like, what is that? And, (laughs) uh, looked her up and, uh, found this guy. It's, uh, it's really good. It's, uh, a kind of a throwback to like late nineties, maybe early two thousands. Like, uh indie rock sort of thing cool uh not very not a, not a, like a not like a pick me up record it's pretty sad but <laughs> it's uh it's good nice singing she's got a great voice uh yeah it's good it's, it's almost like buying to me it sounds like that local band that you love to go see play you buy their record it's kind of it's kind of like that it has that yeah. same kind of like vibe so it's awesome. yeah yeah it's great well, I had another Bandcamp order show up, and um, it's the the limited edition live version of Mary Lattimore and Mac from Superchunk, because I don't like saying nice. his last name. Right. <laughs> the Coffin? Is that nope. right? Nope. How, how do you say it? Uh, I believe it's just McCann. McCann? Yeah, I think it's Mac McCann. <laughs> I know. No, I said it wrong That's, my whole life yeah, until yeah. I worked with his wife. And then sure. like, I was suddenly like, aha, 
That's why. That's why I figured you would know. Um, this album is called AVL, and it, like I said, it's a limited edition numbered. It's like it's basically a live. Uh, they recorded a live um, record after they released an album before this, which I'm blanking on and I don't own. Yeah. But I saw them offer this up real limited for Bandcamp, and I grabbed it. But nice. it's basically Mary Lattimore is a harpist from yeah. uh, LA, and I assume Mac is just sort of droning out and making noises on guitar during it. Uh, uh, I, th- I or think he's just term. doing like if if it's the same I, I'm sure it's the same deal but I think he's just using like it's like effects pedals and like a sequencer kind of thing like he's just oh, okay. like really making noise like it's like yeah it's very droney like my yeah. I was listening to it really loud and my sons came up from soccer practice and they were like <laughs> oh are you okay and I was like yeah I'm fine why what's up <laughs> Uh, but it's basically one, just two sided, you know, one song, I think, I think it's, you know, just kind of the whole performance on both sides, but um, very kind of out there ambient, new agey, if you will, uh, a a term not to throw around lightly, but, um, I was excited to get that in the mail as well. Right. So super easy. It's like a brown paper sleeve or like a brown cardboard sleeve and like a stamp on it. Like that's the packaging. So it's cool. Nice. Um, I also in the last little bit picked up, uh, proud of this one. Uh, I found a copy of, uh, Jimi Hendrix's axis bold is love. Which I think we talked about you're complete last week. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, it's my favorite of the Hendrix records, uh, of the experience records, I should say. Um, this one just happens to be, uh, an OG, uh, Pittman press, there you go. Uh, which I didn't even realize until I got home and did the, you know, the usual checking on everything that you do. And then I was like, that looks like that really old reprise record label. And then I was like, Hmm, start looking up discogs. and was like, Ooh, <laughs> Yeah. It is, it is, and that's that's the guy. So, and apparently there's a whole world of weirdness as there was at this, you know, in that era, where like I guess they lost, like the original masters to that record got lost at some point, oh, and like okay. everything past like a certain point is like, uh, they, I guess they duped either off a safety master or off of an existing lacquer mm-hmm. they made a master they like you know back mastered the whole thing or whatever so they could have more to press it with but uh apparently at some point the og masters went kaput i don't know how i don't know how you would just lose jimmy hendrix's album but yeah, you'd be surprised right i mean it's like the story of impulse right they were like hiding them in closets <laughs> <laughs> like impulse records well, like yeah here's our storage shed and it was like the closet <laughs> i think the best i've heard is like you know the lady that had all the dead you know right. the dead tapes you know from her board mixes i forget her name and uh i don't know i'm i i do not know enough about this too but I, I think she had them in like a storage locker or something and then just didn't pay the bill so somebody just accidentally bought them you know like that that kind right. of stuff happens a lot so yeah i mean it's crazy to think like these records that you like cherish you know, finding now. I'll tell like, you what's really crazy meh. to think. What's crazy to think is really how many records did he make? Two? 
three. Cause three? Yeah. Okay. Three three experience records. Okay. Um, I mean, the amount of stuff he cranked out, you know, before he passed away and just how good it was. I mean, it's crazy to think about what he could have done later, you know, or just right. live recordings that could have existed. You know what I mean? Like, you just think right. about... You know, in terms of guitar players, like the kind of stuff that that could still be circulating around, and you think about the Dead, going back to them, about how they're all you know reissuing shows and stuff. Like, think about right. those type performances from him that could that would have been available and released. That's pretty crazy, but you know, yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. a great record. I I, I love that yeah. record. It's crazy when you like when you think his first first uh our experience comes out in 67 i believe and yeah. then 68 is acts as bold as love and then i believe 69 was uh electric ladyland and then I, th- I think or maybe even at the end of 68 but uh you know there was like a band of gypsies live yeah, record, record which is i love that record. that's my pinnacle yeah, um, me too. but like after that, I mean, there's like some live things, but that's it. Yeah, like, it is crazy. It's funny, cause... my friend and I, my friend Mike and I were talking about a bootleg that he found, and you know, he was listening to it, and I was like, "This thing sounds too trebly for me. I don't know that I can ever listen to it." I'm like, "Yeah, it's, it sucks about those bootlegs." Right. Um, the uh, the thing, the other thing that I so appreciate about Jim Hendrix Records, I don't think anyone. You don't hear people talk about this a lot, but talk about a guy who had so much potential to just jam on forever and took that and said, no, I'm making hits. And so like the records are just hits. Do you know what I mean? But then when you play them live, it's like a totally different experience. And I think that's, you know, that's what sometimes makes some of that, those classic like sixties and seventies type records. Interesting because on one hand they were just like, no, we got to make it. You know, we got to fit this on a 45 so people play it on a on the radio, you know? Okay, yeah. cool. Here you go. Here's a 45 version. And then they go play it live, and it's, you know, 10 minutes long. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing on Axis Bolted Love. I mean, you can listen to that thing in, like, 30 minutes, the yeah. whole thing. It's like you're done in, like, a half hour. Like <laughs> It's like no song over, like, three and a half minutes long. It's just like boom, yeah. boom, 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 done. It's crazy. Um... I'll do it's also one of the greatest real. covers ever. Oh yeah, it's by great, the way, great, great cover, <laughs> great cover. How many more do you have? I I could do two more. Uh, I, I got one, I think. Yeah, I can do. Well, one I'll, more. Just, I'll just do one more. Okay. Um, I mean, I can do. Actually, I can do two. Let's do two. Okay. One. Um, so I bought. Well, this is really a twofer, but um. Dan and I, we were walking, and uh, we kind of sometimes get out, and the boys will go walking with us with the dog after dinner. And my sons were like, man, the new Flying Lotus record is really good. And I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> and I was like, wait. I was like, I love Flying Lotus. And they were like, yeah, this new one's really, really good. And oh, I'm like, the well, Grandma, Grandma Tremor, Tremor, Tremor? This one's Flamagra, I think. Yeah, that's L-A-M-A. <laughs> so, that's what I said. Um, <laughs> and yeah, right. So they were like, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, they, he, they, he's got some rappers that they really like on there. And I was like, cool. So I bought it in the instrumental version of of he released it as a two LP record, and then he right. released another two LP version of just the instrumentals. So nice. I kind of bought that because I've got so much of his other stuff. I was like, this this fits with the collection I have of his, but like it's also cool that 
you know, Cash Noon really like it and want to listen to it as well. So it's it's sitting at, on their system uh, and playing, but it was kind of a fun night to just sit sit down and listen to that with them. I was like, well, this nice. isn't a this isn't a, a bad thing, you know. So right. Um, and I was able to order those through Grimey's, which just opened back up this week. But it was kind of I was like, oh man, great! I can order something kind of like something new came out that I really you know wanted to get and could order through them and kind of help them during all these kind of crazy times. So right. kind of a, it was, it was a perfect, um, perfect scenario for all of us. So, nice. uh, and I will say it is a good, it, it is a good record. So nice. I was just about to ask, is it worth getting? Yeah. Cause I've heard really good stuff. So, um, I mean, <laughs> I love flying Lotus, but like, I right. very rarely go back and listen to them a lot. Like I, right. So it's it's very jazzy as you would expect. Um, a lot of his other records, they have these really. I was telling the boys like he'll have these songs where it's like, zubity, 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 you know what I mean? Like it's super fast <laughs> in like a minute right. and a half, and it's sort of like this breed of electronic and jazz. But then the next one is this really kind of like spacey hip hop song, and you're like, oh cool. This one seems to have a lot less of those like frantic kind of like speed songs, and a lot right. more like kind of like let it breathe out and jam produced songs with other people rapping on it and stuff like that so nice that that's what i enjoyed the most from it um but like that whole like thundercat flying lotus like that whole brain feeder scene to me is just sort of fascinating so yeah um you know it, i was I, i've enjoyed it but they're really fun to listen to a lot right when you first get it um but i don't know if there's something that will like hook me enough to ever really like go back and would be like, man, I gotta pull that Flying Lotus record out. You know what I mean? Right. I think that's the the only thing about um, some of his stuff. But you know, it's I would definitely say it's worth you know streaming and seeing if it's um, you know up your alley enough to pick up. But got it. Nice. Um, another Bandcamp find that got uh, delayed quite a bit. Uh, finally made it here. Um, this is. Uh, group RTD, the Dancing Devils of Djibouti, <laughs> um, which I think I sent you many many months ago when this thing yeah. was first like announced. Um, so they these cats are they are basically, I guess a little bit of a history lesson here. Um, in Djibouti, all of the basically the arts are sort of co-opted and owned by the government it's it's a weird thing it's not like it's a you know a communist sort of society like it's a free world there quote unquote but the music is kind of supposed to support the government only it's kind of its thing so like these these cats are it's like a group of older musicians and like younger singers and they by day basically their job is like they play music for like government ceremonies and you know whatever speeches someone says gonna give a speech and they need like somebody to you know warm up the crowd like you are the guys um by night they go and play in clubs and things and like they're like this like renowned band and they cover everything from like jazz, to like you know, Afro funk, uh, to like there's some reggae thrown in there. Um, and if you're familiar at all with African music, like it all kind of melts into this awesome pot 
so to speak, and uh, comes out the other end uh, in a great mix of all of that. And it's like a big band kind of setting with these cats. There's like uh, one, two, three, there's 10 of them. Um, Mm. So it's sort of like, it's, it's an amazingly orchestrated sort of thing as well. Um, But this is the first time they have been recorded and it has been released outside of uh, Djibouti. Cool. Um, so it's put out on uh, Ostinato Records. Uh, there's like a whole story that they have on in the liner notes um, about what it actually took to get them recorded. It was like this, they only had like three days to record the whole thing. Um, and they had to do it you know, certain times of the day, even on those three days, they can only do it certain times of day. And like, they had to like, they got to the studio, the studio equipment was terrible. So they had to like get this mobile thing brought in so they could record them in any sort of quality. Um, so they did it. Um, and these guys put out like a, it's a double LP 45 RPM, big 180 gram LPs. Uh, and it's fantastic. Um, that's great I'll have to check that out yeah it's like nice and you know slinky and jazzy and funky and reggae-y it's great lots okay, of my, my last one is um, I don't think I have done this one before um, but I bought a lot of stuff from him on Bandcamp recently so I may have mentioned it but um, yep. the, the LP finally came in have I talked about Chris Forsyth, the all-time present record? Uh, I don't think you have. I don't think I have either. Yeah. So it, it's um, it was. I looked released... him up after you mentioned it the other night. Yeah, so it was <laughs> released on um, No Quarter Records in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Chris Forsyth, which is F O R S Y T H, and the album is called um, All Time Present and. If you are like a guitar rock nerd, like this is your guy. Like all his catalog is just full of like rock jams. Like he's the guy that's a couple records ago released, uh, you know, that the songs had sweets, you know what I mean, on them. Right. Like, you know, like long songs with all these kind of different scenarios, whatever. But this record to me, like all time present, has a real strong like television vibe. Like the first nice. song, especially like right out of the gate, you're like, oh man. If I wanted a band today to sound like television, this is what I would listen to. And then uh, the song right after um, that, it's called Mystic Mountain. Really long song, but it has like a real kind of like dirty, like Neil Young kind of vibe to it. And I think it's Mm -hmm. like eight, eight minutes or something like that. And um, it's just really, I mean, I highly recommend almost all of his stuff, but I've been really obsessed with this record and listened to it a couple of times. It's the one I posted. I just posted on Instagram yep. after I finally got that Yamaha working. So, um, but um, it just a like great guitar player who writes really great music. And uh, I think he's in the Philadelphia area and um, he's, he's a great guy to follow on Bandcamp because he released a lot of live stuff on there. And um, nice. almost every one of these uh, Bandcamp Fridays, for artists he's he's been able to dig up some live stuff and post and the live stuff as you can probably imagine is is uh epic it's not uh yeah. not hindered by uh format 
length. But um, even this album is still a double LP with some of those long songs. So very, very good stuff. Uh, highly recommend people checking them out. Like especially, like I said, if you're into kind of like television meets Neil Young kind of thing. Um, nice. Really good stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that does it for us. Do you, you want me to wrap up with a really dumb story? Uh, for me? Of course. From me? Of course. Okay. So, uh, remember I posted that Yamaha receiver that I, I, I drove out one Friday and uh, bought it? It's a CR420. Yeah, yeah. So, I get it home and I clean it up. I'm like, man, this thing sounds great. Like, you know, like. I mean, it sounded bad when I first got it, but once I cleaned it, it's like, all right, yeah. it's cool. Like, it's, it's coming in. Like, I'm getting really good uh, FM. Sounds great. Stereo. Uh, phono sounds great. Stereo. And then, uh, but when I listen to, like, anything on the aux channel or the tape input, like, and I'm I'm running it through my phone, you know, like, through a yeah. uh, cord, like, it, it only plays stereo if I push the mono button in. So the whole next Saturday, I spent the whole day I mean, I was on forums asking questions, looking it up. I was tracing all this stuff. And I was like, man, finally, I was like, all right, I just got to put this thing away. Like, I don't know how to fix it. Like, I'll maybe it'll hit me in the out of the blue. Uh, and then I got a Pioneer SS650. And I was working on it, cleaned it up. And I was <laughs> like, man, the phono sounds great. FM sounds great. What a weird thing. Like, and everyone kept telling me on the Yamaha, it's got to be a bad switch. It's got to be the switch. There must be a broken solder joint somewhere. I mean, I looked that thing over, over, over. Resoldered everywhere. So I get on the, the SX650, the exact same thing. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I now have two of these things that are broken. Like, I'm, you know, what is wrong with me? I'm an idiot. I can't figure this stuff out. So the other day I'm in there and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like, what are the odds I would have two receivers doing the exact same thing? Right. So I just like sitting there and I'm like, huh. So I'm like, let me swap the RCA cord that I'm using to my phone. (laughs) Sure enough, swap the cord. Both receivers work great. I'm like, boom, you have got to be. I mean, probably two and a half, three weeks. I've been racking my brain trying to figure out what was wrong with these receivers. Yep. Googling, researching, reading all the forums, you know, measuring all these different things, doing everything. And I was like, that was it. It was the cord that I was using that was connected to my phone. So, yep. uh, I can't Always really be mad at myself kids. because now I have two great, uh, working receivers, but, um, right. but, uh, but yeah, I, I had to kick myself for, uh, I really, it was only about 20 minutes. I'll, although I would just sporadically during, I figured it out on Saturday. And so sporadically on a sat on this last Saturday, I would just say it out loud, like, I can't believe it was just the cord. Everybody would just laugh. <laughs> I remember uh, first starting to play guitar. Like I'd gotten amp and stuff, was writing songs, da da da. Playing, we were, I guess, we were in Florida, like playing with the band and the whole thing, and like it was my first experience with like a chord going bad, and like yeah. I thought it was like any number of. A thousand other things like the amps melting down this is happening yeah. i was like and then like the same thing like uh, somebody i think like i i think i even maybe just turned one way and like i bumped the cord without anything else going on and it like made the crackle sound and i was yeah. like oh, it's the cord <laughs> the cord <laughs> i've been like racking my brain about you know all the, I was like, oh, well, God, which pedal's gone? 
how many tubes are blown. People may ask how this relates to sort of us talking about records, but I've found that the more experienced you get in, in things, right. The more you tend to jump ahead to the harder problems. Right. And, um, I find this often too with records where I'm like, Oh, I really need the whatever version. You know what I mean? Like right. I see it online for right. $80 more than the one I really need. And, or the one yeah. that would, would probably really sound great. And it's like, I should just get the one that that's hardly been listened to. and sounds great for a lot less money. It doesn't matter when necessarily it was made. Right. And, uh, and, and <clears throat> so when you kind of get into these things, you can tend to overcomplicate it. But like, you know, I fixed probably so many things when I was just learning because all I knew how to do were two basic things. It was kind of cleaning it, you know, and like right. making sure some fuses worked or whatever. And then now as I get more experience, I'm like, oh, well, on this other one, it was this problem. So I'm just going to immediately jump to that. And it's like, oh, I forgot <laughs> to clean it. You know what I mean? Like, maybe I should have just cleaned it the first time, you know, right. like I had a, another receiver that I was working on that I was all in trying to I was like, this must have a noise. It has a noisy transistor. It's noisy. I know how to fix this. Now I just got to find the noisy one. I got to trace them off. Oh, this is a historically noisy transistor. No, just needed to deox it. I just forgot to right. put some cleaner in the in the thing. And I was like, dead gummit. But um, but yeah, it's been a it's been sort of an interesting thing where I'm like, oh man, I've been kicking myself. But on the same the same token, it, it feels good when it's not an overly complicated have to peel the whole thing apart because I do have two right. or three that are, that are at that level that have completely stumped me. And I'm like, now what? You know what I mean? So right. felt good to get that one done. And uh, it's been fun kind of listening to some of these records um, on that nice. Yamaha uh, lately. So, but uh, but yeah, so um, not much of a cliffhanger for next week, but no. Oh, Next week, we will talk about the 120 records That's right. that I bought on Sunday. <clears throat> right. And I think I think my only cliffhanger is that I think some of the other delayed things are actually arriving <gasps> in the next few days. So including bum, the bum, inc- bum. including the the band that starts with a C that I still cannot pronounce that is Koriki? such a good record. Koriki? 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 I'm I, I'm such a like I've worked so hard to not sound like I'm from Alabama from an accent perspective, but right. still my pronunciations can be really southern. So I'm just like, yeah. what's Co Ricky? Co Ricky? Co Ricky? Yeah. Yes, oh. I listened to that uh, on Bandcamp the other day and was oh, it's so really good. excited. I've been listening to it nonstop. Wait, I have to say <laughs> before we go. Yeah. And if you want to punt it to next week, we can. But we did not dip into Exotica this week. Should we just let's? Can we blast it real fast? I think we can. Take, I'm ready. I think I'm we ready. can talk real I'm quick. Ready. I'm ready. Uh, Set it so, up as quick as you can. All right. So here we go. Uh, mutual friends of ours, Ryan Burleson, Billy White. Shout outs to both. We're putting you on blast right now. Um, we were talking amongst ourselves about. Uh, this genre known as Exotica, yeah. which I think is the worst single title or name for a genre ever, but yeah. not because of any weird political thing. It's just a terrible name. Um, <clears throat> so Exotica, if I am correct at all, Exotica was born out of musicians who came of age, or at least originally, uh, came of age in World War II. Yeah. 
Um, and so they would have been, you know, these would have been fifties on probably when they're making most of their output fifties, yep. mid fifties, probably. Um, and it was born, I think more out of like a fascination with the exotic or the other parts of the world that now these GIs who have come back home, probably yep. your dad or uncle or whatever have seen they're telling you about, or you're seeing on TV for the first time, television is still brand new. So there's like all this other stuff. Space kind of gets wrapped up in there a little oh, bit. I love because it. Because nobody space stuff is my favorite. Right. Why not? Nobody, nobody knew what exotic. Yeah. And nobody knew what space sounded like. What does space yeah. sound like? I don't know. Bleeps and bloops, right? Sputnik. That's what it sounds like. Sure. <laughs> um, also, no one, no one can hear you scream in space. That's right. Uh, and then I think wrapped up in there as well, depending on who you talk to. And this kind of came up surf music gets wrapped up in there. It's like an offshoot of exotica. Um, hey, that's fair. Uh, only because what does surf music sound like? It doesn't sound like surfing. It doesn't sound like actual <laughs> surf hitting the beach. It sounds like what somebody thinks surfing sounds like <laughs> or what the lifestyle around surfing sounds like. But <laughs> So we had this whole discussion going because I guess Billy was new to the idea of Exotica, I think was what I was understanding. Um, I I think he was trying to combine Exotica, whatever yes. their interpretation of, with prog rock. And at that yes. point, I was, I was out of it. I was like, I can't contribute to this. So... Yes. Yeah, so then we. I can happily, I can happily contribute to one or the other. I don't know how to combine those. I'm sorry. Right. I just... I didn't follow, and then I, the majority of everything you sent, I was like, I have no idea where this has gone to. <laughs> How is there was Peter a point. Gabriel Exotica or Prog Rock? I've right. Lost. Well, I think what happened at some point was that we lost, we lost our way. <laughs> oh, we lost. Which is easy to do when you start making re music recommendations. Right. By the way. <laughs> right. Um, we lost it's our very way, squirrel, also, very rabbit squirrel. Like, oh, and then there's this one. Oh, and then right. there's this one. <laughs> and then I'm like, Madonna's erotica. It sounds like exotica. Just use it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> you had a song from Thriller in there, too, did you? Yeah. Human nature. I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I could, I literally muted the, I, I was, it was a crazy day at work. You guys are going back and forth over genres that, that as combined don't, do exist. Not exist. They don't I'm exist. I'm looking at the thing and being like, I have no idea. Occasionally Burleson would chime in with something that was not it either. <laughs> I felt like Burleson and I were trying really hard and we were just basically stating good records. Like, Oh, you right. should listen to Don Caballero. And it was like, Right. Oh yeah, that's a great record. It has nothing to do with this crazy right. genre mashup that we're failing on. Because at some point, at some point, I just I I realized what Billy was going for, and oh. so then I was just I was just giving I'm him jealous. I was just like just giving him what he he wanted, <laughs> which is I will say at a point ahead. I think it just became like kind of like what I believe Exotica kind of gave us, which is what we now, or what in the 80s became known as world music, which is like, okay. that's, I mean, Peter Gabriel was like a big push. I mean, he started Real World Records, and that became like 
where you know he had African singers on his records and he had African drummers on his records and he had all these these influences, but like that whole African thing like seeped into everything. I mean, yeah. the Talking Heads heard Fela Kuti and then suddenly you get Remain in Light. You know, it's like <laughs> so I that wanted kind of thing, to. But. I think I tried to chime in at one point and say because I think Billy mentioned Talking Heads and I was like, look, yes. I'm all in if we're saying like kind of post punky. Right. Exotica world music, whatever. The Prague threw me off because I'm sorry. I think Prague, I think yes, or early Genesis, or, uh, you know, even like Tool, you know, know, stuff like that to me. And I'm like, I have no idea how you combine those two. Um, I appreciated the effort. At one point, I was working, I looked down, I'm like, (laughs) I had like 25 texts. (laughs) I'm like, what is this? And I look at it. It's just this long stream of consciousness. I'm like, how did we get from this original thing to Ford mentioning Michael Jackson? And I'm like, I'm so far behind. I don't even know anymore. And I, I think I tried to lob a couple in there. My favorite about this whole thing was at the end, Billy was like, cool. This playlist I created has 11 songs on it. So all day of texting ended up with 11 songs. I know. I was like, wait. We were sending you all that for what? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't think I don't think any of us were on the same page. I, no, it was great. I, I don't think any of us were. I enjoyed so our, it fully, but yes. So my bringing that up is just mainly that a genres genres are weird usually because it's like what fits, what doesn't. Because then you get into that like if not everybody understands the same idea of what the genre is, then suddenly, you know, suddenly Dolly Parton is punk rock and Willie Nelson is symphonic pop or something, you know, like suddenly it's like, what? (laughs) Like what television is an opera band? Like what? Um, So they're, they're weird. So like, and then, the really esoteric ones like exotica get like really weird. Cause I was like, at first, you know, like I was, I was like, isn't Joe Meek considered exotica because he, you know, Telstar and all these like space things. But like, Nope. Like what? <laughs> like, no, I'm pretty sure. Well, wow. I'm pretty sure it, it was, but that's also like, I mean, that's down the rabbit hole. Like what I would suggest doing is Googling exotica LP on, yes. uh, ebay and just oh, going through all of them it's fun oh, it's, it's fun it's a lot of fun I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's out there it's like super goofy i mean that i that was the first thing i sent was like exotica i think i made an alan parsons project joke yes uh, that was the first thing i said but beyond that it was like to me exotic is all these records because i find them and there are value in some of those yeah. crazy like you know out there like we i mean there's some records out there i think where they mimic birds and i yes. forget the artist's name but like those things are very valuable and like people pay a lot of money for them because it's just a bunch of dudes trying to sound like birds in a forest and like right. that doesn't happen anymore you know what i mean and they, right. it's successful you know so here's like, all our here's, here's a bunch of dudes standing around trying to sound like they're from hawaii that to me <laughs> like what is exotic that to me is exotic <laughs> that, that's right. all i can say so. right uh, didn't you, but, you even put up one that was like a hawaiian thing right yeah, well, that yeah. was in the. I the there's probably about six or seven Hawaiian records in that um, in the 600 that I bought. You yeah, know, like yeah. 
um, you know, this is it. But, you know, there's also those electronic records or the music of Cosmos, if you will, that yes. we listen to. And yeah. I wouldn't call those exotica. You know what I mean? I would call right. those more like, you know, electronic or, you know, um, early ambient type music, you know, those things. So, yeah. yeah, you're right. I think when you get to a, I don't think exotic is really a genre. I think it's more of a descriptive term. And when yeah. you hear ex- the word exotica, you think this sounds like this, you know what I mean? So, right. um, you know, it's like, it, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's like, it's like ska, you know what I mean? It's like, you right. know what it's going to sound like. Cause it's right. all, kind of of that really but you know but you could get even more granular from there you know so yep but to me that you say exotica that's what i think of i think of like a scantily clad female on the cover and a bunch of old dudes you know who are just right. white american dudes making music uh from another culture uh yeah. and and trying to sell that off as their own creation so yes it's called appropriation kids <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we will be ending today's uh, Aaron uh, Calling podcast with the definition of the word appropriation. Yes, brought to and... you by the genre exotica. <laughs> Here we go with topical humor. Dun, 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 dun. Spell yeah. appropriation, kids. Yeah, so the basic gist of all of that was, uh, I think I said this earlier to you, was... Uh, genre reliance gets a little weird and it gets a little like iffy to like put your finger on sometimes. And so, uh, don't worry so much about it and just listen to what you like. Yeah. (laughs) I think the real lesson is don't try to combine exotic and progressive or wait, prog rock. Yeah. What was it? What was it? Progzotica? Progzotica. I mean, the level of creativity here was, uh, Billy and Ryan on this I love it I'm yes. so ecstatic about it. it it at first was very intriguing and exciting and then I got lost in the in the confusion of maybe maybe Madonna and Michael Jackson lost me but but um, <laughs> but I was like oh okay but uh, I mean then, I feel um, like I really brought it back home when I put up Karma Chameleon I mean I feel like I was that was the one I guess <laughs> Carl but it Chameleon. would kind of be like it would kind of be like let's make a let's make a po- let's make a playlist called Gisetto right. with all jazz metal <laughs> and you're like all right there's a couple but you know what we're gonna we're gonna text a lot and end up with eleven songs <laughs> right here's here's fifty two ideas I picked three of them would you would you call a jazz metal hybrid playlist Gisettle, or would you call it Maz? <laughs> Be honest. I think I would go with Maz. I know Maz does sound better. <laughs> Maz, Maz, Maz does sound better. Gisettle is like it's like it's like Hansel and Gretel's like weird no. cousin. Gisettle actually sounds like a band that would play jazz metal. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Gisettle. One night only, Gisettle. Guys. In your living room. Guys, have you heard about the band Gisettle? No. What are they like? They're like jazz metal. What? (laughs) On tour with Snarky Puppy. (laughs) Gisettle. Opening for Primus, Gisettle. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, 
Yep. Sweetness. All There's right. Our well, it doesn't get much better than that. That is Gisettle. a cliffhanger. <laughs> next week, the debut of Gisettle. Oh, next week we have I to come up, come up with like you know like three Gisettle records a piece. How about I that? I think we can do it. like the song titles. Uh, I mean album titles. Uh, or do you think you can actually find jazz metal albums? Oh, like in real life. I don't do you know. think you after, have any after after <laughs> like after John Zorn? Would you really think of anything else or Naked City? I mean, I think I'd say Naked City would work. I would say Mr. Bungle. There's some. I'd say it's Mr. Bungle. I'd say there. I'd say some Zappa would work. I, okay, there you go. Look at that, man. We're on top of it. I would. I would. I would say. Yeah. Mr. Zappa. You did actually. Work. I will. I do want to give you credit here because you did start with Michael Jackson and Madonna. And then somehow you did finally mention Mr. Bungle, which fits actually yes. pretty well for Exotica and yes. uh, Prague, Progzotica yes. or whatever. Prague And then and then I got my Progzotica, for... by the way, sounds sounds like something you take when you have trouble peeing. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> I would also like to point out that I got my chops busted for putting for saying putting a John Zorn surf record, which is like straight like it's it is exotica. This is the most exotica thing I actually put up in the entire batch. And it was like that's just surf. I was like, are you kidding me? I'm gonna come through this phone and punch you in the knee. <laughs> like what? Like that is that is the definition of exotica. And I just got my chops busted. Gah! We we have to thank uh, we have to thank our our uh, our ghost writers uh, Billy White and Ryan Burleson for this segment of the podcast. Uh, it's so true. N- none of which was anticipated, but it gave us some good <laughs> fodder for us to talk about. Out of Gisettle. nowhere, uh, we almost forgot too. That's what's crazy. It's true. I think. Oh, I think also can can some of Can's catalog could fall into Gisettle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to make a shirt that just says Gisettle, but it's like in the like it's in like that like cryptic like root looking like metal font but it <laughs> yes. looks like like a it looks like a blue note album cover Gisettle. <laughs> uh, oh. oh my gosh. I mean yeah. is Dillinger escape plan Gisettle? Uh, I would give you that. I give you that. Yeah I think so. I think you so I think I think you so I think so I, think I would so. give you that. I think <laughs> and I mean Don Cab could fit in that one too. Ah uh, yeah. We're just gonna I, keep I going like now. Them. I, I like putting them just about anywhere. <laughs> True. Yeah, they could just fit everywhere. Yeah, they could. They could. Exotica. All right, Gisella. well, this was fun. Um, yep. So next week, cliffhangers. Uh, I'm going to pull some out of my 120 that I bought. Uh, there's some yep. good ones in there. And yes. uh, I'm going through them now and listening to them. And, Excited. Uh, we'll uh, we'll think of a new, uh, a new genre uh, to make up. Um, yes. I'm sure one one day this week it'll hit us for another new one. So, <laughs> although I do think we should, I do think we have to make this Gisetto podcast. So, I think um, it's done. You use, use Spotify, right? I do. Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll have to. I will gladly we'll get. I'll gladly go on Apple Music so that we can do it together if you'd like. Well, I think <laughs> I, I think it's easier for me to go on Spotify and do it there. I think Got it. Uh, that way, so we can do nice. that. So yeah, we we'll have to create this and then we will we will uh, we'll debut it next week. How does that sound? That sounds yeah, like we'll, a good good goal for us. We'll unleash it. The cliffhanger. 
the debut of Gisetto. Dun, 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 in a world <laughs> where jazz meets metal. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you next week. Yep. Bye. Bye. Bye.